You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Okay, so we are still in the Culture Code series, and I love this series because I like to call myself a child of Awakened Church because I came to the third service ever 15 years ago. I got saved, and I am living fruit of what this house has done in my life and what God has done in my life. So... I never want to shy away from bringing a word when anytime we do this series, I never want to shy away from bringing that word because I love to give God honor for what he's done in my life. And so um, 15 years ago, yes, I came into this house. We were in a Marriott building. We didn't have fancy buildings yet. We had a hotel room that was um, nice enough to hold you know, maybe like a four-year-old's birthday party or something, but we held church there. One time we held it in the parking lot, Um, but I came into this house by invitation of my, uh, a man, a random stranger man named Dr. Matt Hubbard that I met at an airport on my way to Las Vegas. And so (laughs) I always love to share our story because it's quite hilarious. Anytime I think of, anytime I'm super mad at him, I think about how God could have not orchestrated this more divinely for us to be together. Because I'm like, it is completely miraculous. (laughs) So I was going to Vegas um, to see my friends and to see a guy that I was seeing at the time. I was unsaved, obviously. Um, And I got to the airport and I noticed a man that wouldn't sit still and he walked too much and he talked too much and he was too anxious and movie and all the things that I don't really like. And I thought in my head, wow, that guy is very interesting. And I sat down and to mind my own business, which is kind of still how we operate to this day. I mind my own business. He doesn't. And <laughs> sat down. And it, it, people are laughing because they know us. And it's all, it's all fun. We love each other so much. But it is quite hilarious. God just makes me laugh so much. Um, but I sit down, and this annoying man came to sit next to me. And I'm like, Jesus, help me. Well, I probably said, I don't know what I said. I didn't know Jesus at the time. But I was like, oh, goodness. And then he started talking to me. And quickly, he charmed himself into a conversation with me. And so I was 22 at the time. And um, my number one goal was to get to Las Vegas to meet my friends and see the guy I was going to see and party my face off and have a great time. And God had an interruption in the way of Matt Hubbard. And so he said, can you save me a seat on the airplane? And I said, okay, (laughs) if you buy me a drink. (laughs) And so he did, and we talked the whole way to Vegas, and I actually piqued an interest. But then he gave me his phone number, and I never called him. And so I never saw him in Vegas. And then coming back to San Diego, I told my mom I met a chiropractor on the airplane, and she said, you have to call him for me. So now, especially since it's Mother's Day, my mom will probably listen to this message. I have to say thank you, Mother. Thank you, Mom, for everything. You're responsible for every amazing thing in my life. Thank you, Mom. (laughs) So I called him, and the rest is history. We went on our first date. He brought me to church. He invited me to church on our first date, brought me to church, and I got saved. And here we are today. So it's been incredible. Three wonderful miracle babies later, and God is so good. God is so good. And so I was thinking about as we come into um, this message and 
the Culture Code series is why is culture so important? I'm like thinking about this. And God showed me that it's because cultures create atmospheres. And atmospheres can change us. I don't know if you've noticed the atmosphere we're living in today is a very different atmosphere than we were living in a year ago or a year and a half ago. And people are changing and things are changing. And so in this church 15 years ago, I walked into an atmosphere of faith, hope, and love, and my life drastically changed. I'm a completely different person. I talk differently. I sound different. I think differently. And so that is the fruit of this house. And so that's why it's important because we, you know, you can walk into any building that's beautiful and amazing like the ones that we have, but if you walk into a place that has an atmosphere of faith, hope, and love, things start to change from the inside of us. Things start to change from the inside, and we see it work itself out in our lives around us. So that's why culture is so important. And even in the climate that we're living in today, it's so much more important for us to know who we are and what we're called to in this season. We have to become louder, stronger, bolder, more courageous Christians and believers than we've ever been before because our world is in this crazy place, slightly falling apart, but we're going to be the Superman and Superwomans to save the day. Come on. So the title of my message is The Awakened Angle, and I'm going to give you the Mother's Day rendition. So I preached this message a couple weeks ago at our Bressy Ranch campus, but I've tweaked it a little bit to make it Mother's Day friendly. So um, I want to start off by talking about a guy in the Bible who I think would probably be in our church if he was alive today, but he's not. This was lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of years ago, but it's Joshua. We're going to start by reading Joshua 1, 1 tonight. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. How incredible is that? I'm like, I want to take all those words spoken to Joshua for me and all of these lovely people. So amazing. So I want to kind of go through that and bring out some points that helps us to see what the awakened angle looks like. And as I read that, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so much like what our church stands for. And so let's get into it. Point number one is raise and release. Raise and release. So just like Moses raised up Joshua to be his predecessor because he's the one who taught Joshua how to part the Red Sea. So when it came time for Joshua to be called by God, he was taught what to do. 
He was discipled into the calling that God had for him. And I started to think about this. I'm like, what if Moses never trained Joshua? What would have happened if there was not those moments where Moses was encouraging, teaching, showing, discipling Joshua? Then who would God have called on? Well, we will never know the answer to that. But thank God, Moses amazingly discipled Joshua so that when it came time, when God asked Joshua, he knew what to do. Numbers 27 says this, So the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, son of Nun, a man is who is the spirit of leadership, and lay your hands on him. Have him stand before Eleazar the priest and the entire assembly and commission him in their presence. Give him some of your authority so the whole Israelite community will obey him. He is to stand before Eleazar the priest who will obtain decisions for him by inquiring of the Urim before the Lord. At his command, he and the entire community of Israel will go out, go out, and at his command, they will come. Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He took Joshua and had him stand before Eleazar the priest and the whole assembly. They laid hands on him and commissioned him as the Lord instructed through Moses. So Moses disciples um, this man, Joshua, because he notices and God sees that there's a spirit of leadership on him. And that's what we do in this church is we see a glimpse of what God has over um, somebody's life, and we want to cultivate that. We want to pour into that. We want to um, help encourage that gift. We want to help encourage that calling. You know, Pastor Jurgen and Leon have built this church by raising up leaders from the inside out. You know, my husband and I didn't come into this church as pastors. We came into this church as, you know, my husband is a businessman, and I was doing, I don't even know what I was doing. helping him run his business and having a massive desire to do ministry, but waiting for the timing of God. And so we were discipled into the things of God in this church. And I look at incredible people like Pastor Audrey, who leads our worship so beautifully. Yes, incredible. She oversees this campus and our Bresti campus. But when I first met her, she was amazing and very saved and loved Jesus. Um, But she wasn't doing this. She was overseeing our Connect ministry and helping run Connect. And so, and many other things. I'm sure you did at least 14 other things. Um, But that's what we do in in Awakened Church is we help see the gifting and the calling that you have on your life and help cultivate it, empower you, and awaken you into those things. The only way the kingdom can advance is if we continually identify leaders and disciple them into their calling and gifting. In this house, we don't hire from the outside, but we raise up from the inside. And I remember when I was first asked to do something in this church, and Pastor Becky, who was not a pastor at the time either, in fact, we started a prayer meeting, the two of us in our house, because we were afraid to pray out loud. We were that clueless. If you're here and you're afraid to pray out loud, don't feel clueless. I will help you. I Like, come to women's prayer, because I was that person. <laughs> yes. I was that person that was afraid to pray out loud. And so Pastor Becky said, oh, Michaela, can you help me decorate the bathrooms? And I'm like, the what? Do I look like that type of person? And so I was like, all right, well, they need help, and I want to, you know, do ministry, so I better decorate the bathroom. So what she did is we were meeting in a boys and girls club that was very not cute and kind of dirty. And um, she said, we're going to make these bathrooms beautiful. And I'm like, okay. So she got all the little things. She showed me where to put the little candle. She showed me where to put the curtain. She showed me how to make it look nice. And so I did that. 
and I served, and I got on that team. I got on the bathroom decorating team, and I was her little disciple. I was her little disciple. So then, the coolest thing about this story is like two weeks ago, Pastor Tim Smith was doing a three by 10, and he was saying how he, it came a moment where he was slightly offended by something that happened in church, and he wasn't sure if this was his church, and his wife kept telling him, this is our church, but they were like having this internal battle. He didn't want to go to church, and he actually worked at the Boys and Girls Club um, during the week as a coach, and so he saw the, the building that we had church in every single day. And so he went to the bathroom. (laughs) He ended up coming to church. He went to the bathroom. And he saw what we had done with the bathrooms. And he said, if anyone can treat a bathroom with this level of excellence, this is a place that I can get planted. And so now, incredible Tim Smith and his lovely wife, Linda, oversee our ministry team. And they're week in and week out, getting people set free, praying for people, leading people, um, helping people get developed in their ministry calling. It's so beautiful because I said yes to decorating a bathroom. Come on. And raising and releasing, that means with our kids too. We don't just leave the kids out. There's a pump in Kids Church over there with over 200 kids in it right now. Half of the front area here had to go help serve in Kids Church because we had so many kids. But it, let's not leave it to just the adults, you know? Like, raise and release your kids. We're partnering with you from a Kids Church perspective to teach your kids to pray, to teach your kids to know the Word of God, to teach your kids to prophesy, to teach your kids to know kingdom values. And same goes for junior high and youth, junior high and high school. Raise and release. We need to raise and release our kids into the calling that God has for them. Amen. Proverbs 22, 2, 6 says, raise our kids in the way that they should go. Teach them the way that they should be. Raise them the way that they should go. Show them what they're there to do with their life under the kingdom of God. At Awakened Church, you will be awakened to your God calling. And the next step is to serve or get on a team and see what God has for you. Do our DNA class. See where God wants you. See what God's calling you to. Amen. Amen. I'll drink to that. Famous Pastor Leon line. Aren't these awesome? I'm excited about this. Okay. Number two. Faith over fear. Faith over fear. This is a big one, especially right now in the culture that we live in. God speaks to Joshua and says, be strong and courageous multiple times. And I think he has to say it so many times because of the potential for fear to creep in. When you're looking at a river, the size that he was looking at and looking at what God called him to do, it is very easy human nature to become fearful, scared, worried, and say, oh my, and second guess and say, oh my gosh, God, what are you asking me to do? And so what I love about this is that Joshua is reminded at least three times, I think I saw it five times there, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. We will not allow you to bow to your circumstance because there is no sea, there's no mountain, there's no virus, there's no nothing on this earth that God cannot overcome. And if we allow the spirit of faith to rise in us, you will see that God will meet you when the spirit of faith rises and conquer that spirit of fear. And for moms and parents out there who are raising up kids who have a spirit of faith, I want to tell you it's generational. And there's um, in the Bible in 2 Timothy 1.5, 
Paul's writing this about Timothy. He says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also, which tells me that we can pass down to our kids a spirit of faith by teaching them to rise above the fear. And it doesn't mean that your kids won't face fear. It doesn't mean that we won't face fear, and it doesn't mean that our kids won't face fear. But if we teach them to not act in the face of fear, but act in the face, act in the spirit of faith, then you will see that they will learn that they can conquer all things through God. With God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. And so right now, I know a lot of people think that we're um, experiencing a pandemic that is of a virus, which on some level, yes, but the greater pandemic is the spirit of fear. The greater pandemic is the spirit of fear. Because here's what happens, is because the spirit of fear can be passed on to generations, a virus can't be passed on to generations. Like if I have more kids, which I'm not, in Jesus' name, Alex almost, and Dr. Matt, who have now cohorted saying I'm gonna have twins or something crazy, cancel in front of all these people. <laughs> but if the point zero 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 one chance that that happened, those kids wouldn't have COVID. <laughs> but if I have a spirit of fear, this is something that gets passed on generationally. But if I operate and leave a legacy with the spirit of faith, then I can pass that on to my children, children's children's and children's children's and children's children's. Okay, and here's the deal with fear, is it's actually creepy. It just creeps in like a little creepy thing, like a little little rock in your shoe or like a little bug that like, oh, oh, there's an ant? Oh, all right, it's just an ant. This is what the spirit of fear does, it creeps in. And here's how I know. I read an article and I wanna read it to you. It had 10 signs that fear is running your life. And these are 10 things that seem so small. They seem so small. But I guarantee if, there, if you are like me, you will read this and say, oh my goodness, maybe I'm operating in a spirit of fear. And I don't want you to make you afraid that you're operate, operating in a spirit of fear because I want to let you know that we can break that in a moment with the power of the Holy Spirit. But I do want you to have an awareness because oftentimes we don't even know that we're operating in it. Oftentimes we don't even know we're so blind to it because it's become a habit to react a certain way. And so here's the 10 signs. Number one, you find yourself striving in vain for an impossible to achieve standard of perfection. Number two, you settle for less than your dreams. Number three, you say yes when you mean no. Number four, you say no when you mean yes. Number five, you numb yourself with food, alcohol, technology, or excessive busyness. Number six, you procrastinate a lot. Number seven, you struggle to make decisions. Number eight, you're a control freak. There's none of those here. Find the control freaks. Number nine, you muzzle yourself. And number 10, you get sick. And so I want everyone to take an account of your own life in this moment. And just between you and God, say, you know what? I might have been operating in that. I might be operating in that. And just come up afterwards. And we're going to have an incredible ministry team here that wants to stand with you. You know, we're two or more in agreement. There is the power of God can come. We're going to stand in agreement with you to break that spirit of fear. 
In the US, 42% of respondents to a CDC survey in December reported anxiety or depression symptoms, an increase of over 200% from last year. 200% more people experiencing anxiety or depression symptoms, which all stems from a spirit of fear. And the world out there is doing a really great job because they've caught on to something that they know that they can control us by bringing fear, by preaching fear, by putting it on social media and the news, fear, 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 fear. And so that's why it's so important to watch what we watch what we watch, <laughs> be mindful of what we listen to, be mindful of what we watch. Do we report um, the word of God over our lives or do we report the statistics of a coronavirus over our lives? We need to report the power of God over our lives. Over 52,000 died by overdosing uh, synthetic opioids between August last year and August this year. Wait, the August to August. The highest on record ever, with especially high numbers seen in the months following the lockdown. When overdose death, deaths from the calendar year of 2020 are compiled, it's likely to be the worst on record. That is so incredibly devastating. All stemming from this, this spirit of fear that has trickled into our society, that we're afraid to do anything, really. It's like, oh my gosh, can I go out? Can I not go? I'm so confused. We're tor tormented by confusion, not sure what we can do, not sure where we can go, not sure how we should act. You know, it's like this, this crazy spirit of fear that's come in and we need to bind it and cast it out and come forward for prayer if you've been walking in that. And don't be ashamed. Yes, come on. Don't be ashamed if you have been, just get it released today. One way that I've personally learned to overcome fear is to do things afraid. And so I made a decision way back in the day when I was afraid to pray out loud, I made a decision to start a prayer meeting and pray out loud. When I was afraid to check people in at the door for our DNA classes, I made a decision to check people in at the door in our DNA classes. When I have been afraid to do anything in my life, I've made a decision to not act on the fear, but act despite the fear. Another thing that we can do is we have the privilege of prophecy. And especially over our own lives and over our kids' lives, we need to be so mindful of the words that come out. We need to be so mindful. It's easy to point out problems. It's easy to point out weaknesses. It's easy to see. If you're parents, you know it's easy to see when your kids are messing up or falling short. It's easy. But what do we choose to say? It's all about how we say it. And if you want to read a really powerful book about the power of the tongue, Death and Life is in the Power of the Tongue. And this book is The Tongue, a Creative Force by Charles Capps. And it teaches us how important our words are and what we say and how intentional we must be with our words. Even if you're here and you don't feel beautiful, as a mom, as a wife, whatever it is, I want you to go home and write on your mirror, I am beautiful. I am beautiful. Your words can literally shift a situation. They can shift the way you feel. I know because I've done it. I wrote on, um, back in the day when I first started doing all these things I was afraid to do, and I still do them, but I think the words are stuck in my brain more now, but I put um, prophetic, anointed, powerful voice to this generation, and I wrote it on my mirror, and I read it every day as I got ready. Right now, my mirror says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. So anytime you are feeling a certain way and you want to feel different, take it from the Word of God and put it somewhere you can read it and speak it out loud on a daily basis. 
I'm telling you, nearly everything you see about me from the outside is literally a full circle of God's goodness and me stepping out in faith despite being afraid. Like the journey to having kids was fearful for me. The journey to ministry was fearful for me. I can't tell you anything that is amazing that I see in my life now was always combined with me overcoming a fearful feeling and doing it anyways. At Awaken Church, we do not tolerate a spirit of fear, and we want to help you if you've been operating in that. At the end of this message, we'll have our ministry team up. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, Okay, number three. Everyone good? Awesome. Okay, number three. This one, like, sounds sounds not good, but it is really good, I promise. It's obedience. (laughs) Obedience. Joshua 1.8. Keep this book of law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Anyone want to be prosperous and successful? Yes. Follow the book of the law. And I, lo- I actually love that because in my mind, I think the book of life. The Bible is the book of life. The Bible teaches us how to live. The Bible gives us instructions on how to live. Even if you need wisdom in your life, read Proverbs every single day. Read one Proverbs every day, and you'll gain incredible wisdom over your life. It's the book of life. There's been many things in my life that God's asked me to do, and upon obedience, I experienced incredible reward. There was a moment when I first got saved. I had four friends, or I had three friends. We were called the Fab Four. And we thought we were so cool. Like, we thought we were God's gift to earth. <laughs> but we were doing things that weren't so appropriate. And you also have to keep in mind, I also was not saved at the time. I was in college. I was 21 and just super lost. Not, not meaning to be bad and do bad things, but just lost. And so I started coming to church. As I told you the story, my husband invited me. But the Fab Four noticed, well, she's not doing the things she used to do, which were the things that kept us connected. And so they sat me down and said, actually, we don't know if we can be your friend anymore because you're doing that church thing. And I had a decision to make in that moment. And there would be many moments in in many of our lives when we accept the call of God and when we go after God, when we get in our word daily, when we decide to go to church every week, when we decide to serve, there will be people in your life that don't like it to be honest. But there's this scripture in the Bible that I love about the narrow path. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few, all of you, find it. And I love that because oftentimes people think because you're a Christian, all of a sudden you just have this set of rules that you have to follow all the time. But those rules and those commandments and those principles are set into place so that we can find life and so that we can live life abundantly under under the protection of our God. And so I encourage you to be obedient. And the other area where I had to really be challenged in being obedient is in God's timing. God's timing. Because how many of you know that God's timing is perfect to God but not to us sometimes. So I had a really great plan for my life. I was going to get married. As soon as I realized I wanted to be involved in ministry, I told my husband, we're going to have kids. We're going to do ministry. It's going to go like this. This many years, we're going to get 
I probably had a, a spirit of control happening at this moment. <laughs> we're going to get um, two years. We're going to have kids. We're going to do all these things. We're going to have kids after two years. And then maybe like a year or two after that, then we're going to tell Pastor Ginley, and we're going to be campus pastors, and then that's going to happen. Okay. It did not happen that way. Yeah. Now, it's happening under God's will and under God's plan, but not on my plan. And that's what we have to decipher. When God comes to us in a time, usually, and asks us to do something, it's usually not the timing you expected. So for me, I had a three-year-old and a one-year-old, and God told me one day when I was sitting there playing with my kids that they're going to ask you to come and be involved in kids' ministry. And I was like, oh gosh, okay. God, don't you know I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old? I don't know if I want to do that right now. And so, sure enough, two days later, the church called. <laughs> hey, we really need someone to oversee our kids' ministry. Would you be interested? Well, I don't know, because me and God already talked about it, and I told him no, so I'm going to have to reevaluate. And so I'm like, I remember the moment in the kitchen cooking, and I'm like, when God told me, and I'm, I literally did not even give the thought or the voice of God a moment of my mind. I just completely ignored it. I was just like, oh, oh, oh that's gone. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks, God. <laughs> but then when they asked me, I'm like, oh, my gosh, God's trying to do something here. God's trying to do something here. And I said no, but then I called my husband. I'm like, babe, can you believe they asked me to run kids' church? It's so flipping hilarious. I mean, I have babies already right now. I have my own kids to take care of. He's like, oh my gosh, you've been asking for ministry. You can't say no. And I'm like, oh, you're right. I have to say yes. So I did, and it's been amazing. And we have the most epic kids church, and I love it. And God is so good. But every time God has called me to the next level, it's not how I planned it. And I promise you, it's probably the same for you. Because that's how God works. I don't know if you know this, but when Jesus called each one of his disciples, they were actually working in their vocation. They were doing what the earthly calling was, but then God came along, and yes, they were busy. Maybe it wasn't the best timing, but they became Jesus' disciples. And that's sometimes what will happen, especially if you're in the marketplace, and like my husband's a chiropractor, and for 10 years, he said, no, I'm not going to be in ministry. And literally, God even told me it was going to be 10 years until finally my husband said yes. And then on year like seven, I'm like, are we at 10 years yet? Are we at 10 years? Because God had already told me it would be 10 years. But then the moment happened where he was asked, and he said yes. And he said yes. And here we are. Yay. Praise God. When I was writing this message, I saw that there was people sitting on the fence, and it's because I know I've been in that place before where you're sitting on the fence about something that God's called you to do. And I, God showed me that sitting on the fence is not sitting in a place of faith. And the moment we can decide to get off the fence and act is when God will start to show up and God will start to do something powerful in your life. But it's going to take you and me getting off the fence and actually deciding to do something so we can be in that place of faith. At Awaken Church, we empower you to be in the word and doers of the word, not to take away, but to add, and we respond in faith when God calls. All right, number four. Number four. This is a very powerful part of this. It's God with. 
Joshua 1.5 says this, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. At Awaken Church, we rely heavily on encounters with God. There, when we become a Christian, yes, we receive Jesus and we receive the Spirit of God. But there's something different between living with God in you and having encounters with God. And that's why we set up all these different moments. We have church on Sunday, church on Wednesday, Awaken Conference, Emerge Men's Conference, Cherish Ladies Conference. We have these things so that we can set up so people can have an encounter with God. And I want to tell you, you can have an encounter with God in your home, in your bedroom by yourself, driving in your car. You can have an encounter with God anywhere. But it is in this atmosphere of faith where we cultivate this um, so, cultivate so that you can have an encounter with God. And with um, Moses, it was when God showed up to him in a burning bush. And it was from that moment forward, he knew he can do what call, God called him to do. And same with Joshua. He had an encounter with an angel of the Lord who said this, Joshua 5.13. When Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, are you for us or our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? And those are the moments that we want to cultivate in our church so that you and I can have a consistent encounter with God to renew your mind, to bring you peace, to bring you to the next level of faith, to bring you where God's trying to get you, to bring you and I to build the kingdom so that do what he has called us to do. At Awaken Church, we are Christians that exude the fruit of the Spirit because God, because God lives in us and with us. We expect miracles in this house. Do not be surprised if you come in here and your foot hurts and you leave here and it doesn't hurt anymore. Because we have a spirit of faith here that's, that tells us that God can bring a miracle to your life. God can bring a miracle to my life. God can heal Rachel's mom of cancer. God can bring miracle babies to women who have been praying and seeking for miraculous children. We have seen miracle homes bought. We have seen miraculous provision. The stories go on. And that's why we have men's and women's prayer. We pray every Sunday on this stage and every Wednesday night we pray because we believe in the power of prayer. We believe this, the spirit of God, encounters of God, is when we can see the miraculous happen in our church and even in our community and in our friends and our families' lives. What is impossible with men is possible with God. And number five, share the news. Share the news. I love this part because it brings it full circle. Because those miracles happen, and then what? In my opinion... This, I don't know if it's necessarily biblical opinion, but in my opinion, the miracles is what causes the miracles. And so when we have a miracle and we share about it and we tell someone about it and we pray for someone and they get their miracle, this is what spreads the good news. This is what builds the kingdom. We aren't afraid to talk about it. We aren't ashamed. We are excited and thrilled to share the good news with the people in our lives. In Joshua 4.21, he said to the Israelites, 
in the future when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? So after Joshua had crossed the Jordan and brought the Israelites, he told 12 of them to pick up stones, pick up these stones. What do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he'd done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so all peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful so that you might always fear the Lord your God. He told them to take these stones as a reminder. All of us have these stones. All of us have these miracles, these moments with God that we have that we need to keep and hold on to. I tell people all the time, write down what God's done in your life. Write down the miracles because when you're having a bad day and you can look back on these stones, it'll ground you back in a place of faith to remind you, yes, God is working. God is doing something. In Jesus' name. The enemy is conquered by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So at Awaken Church, we advance the kingdom by sharing the testimonies of what God has done in our life. So these are the five things that I have experienced and the fruit of my life from being at Awaken Church for 15 years. And this is what we see for every person that comes in our house. You're empowered and awakened to God's call, living free of fear, obedient to God, experiencing his presence and spreading the good news across the earth. In Jesus' name. And one little side note is you can have fun. My husband always says, rule number 10 is have fun. I started thinking about that. I'm like, that's too far down. Because if it's love, joy, isn't joy fun? I'm like, I'm going to make it rule number two to have fun. Because you can have fun in church. You can have fun. When you come in here, we want you to experience a level of freedom. Get filled with the Holy Spirit. Experience the fruits of the Spirit, which, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. And we want you to have that. We want you to come to a church that is life-giving. That when you go into the world on Monday, you are pumped. You're like, I can do this. I don't care what comes my way today. I can do this. God is with me. And we want you to be able to share that goodness with everyone around you. We want you to invite your friends and they love it because it's so fun and powerful and full of God. Full of God, like the God we serve that loves us, loves you, loves me so much that this is the life he's called us to. And so... Um, as we come to a close, I just want to give anyone here, this is the most important decision you can ever make is to follow God. And if you're here and you have made that decision before, but you want to renew that relationship with your Lord and Savior, I'm going to give you that opportunity as well. And if you've never met Jesus, you've never given Jesus your heart and never said, Lord, you are my Savior, then I want to give you that opportunity right now as well. So if everyone can close your eyes and bow your heads. And I just want to, I want to give that opportunity to people. And when people respond, I want to pray. I want to pray over, um, pray over those people who are saying, yes, Jesus, I need you. And so I'm going to count to three. And if you're here today and you either one, want to renew your relationship with God, or number two, you want to say, Jesus, I'm yours. 
then I want you to raise your hand as I count to three. One, two, three. Thank you, Jesus. I see some hands up here. Thank you, yes, thank you. I see hands coming up in the middle here. Everyone, keep your eyes closed. This is a moment between God and everyone who's here. Thank you, Lord. I see some hands over here. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, come on. Everyone can go ahead and look back at me. There's about four or five hands raised. If we want to just, the angels are parting in heaven right now for these people. Come on. Something to be so excited about. Come on. If you raised your hand, then I want you to repeat this prayer after me. And everyone in this room who has done this before is going to cheer you on with, cheer you on with me. <laughs> so why don't we repeat after me? Dear God, thank you for my salvation. I make you Lord and Savior of my life. I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I pray for forgiveness of my sins. And I thank you that my best days are ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.